You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss the importance of listening to our bodies as a means of discovering what we need. Understanding what dysregulation is and does is a form of self-care that can positively change our lives. Listen in as Candace and Cher give examples of how they have used this understanding to help heal from self-betrayal. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. We're in the middle of moving and so, well, packing. We sold our house, so it's been a whirlwind, but I'm here. Yeah. And it's kind of a big deal because you've lived there for quite a while, but I just want to say congratulations. It's exciting to see this next chapter unfold in your life. Yeah. It feels like an adventure. We're leaving where we've been for 27 years and don't really know what's next, um, <laughs> except temporary housing is, is lined up. But uh, beyond that, we don't know. So it feels like an adventure and it feels like base for desire. I've been thinking a lot about what both my husband and I grew up in small towns. You know, what would it look like to think about moving into a small town? So just thinking a lot about desire and it's been really sweet. Well, it kind of makes me think about the topic that we've been on the last few weeks, which we started two weeks ago. So if you want to start from the beginning, three steps to ending self-betrayal. And what I hear you saying is you, you and your husband are really leaning into like honoring what you're desiring and what you're needing for this next season of your life. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. So last week we talked about the first step, which is naming the truth about our current situation where we are bumping into suffering, pain, familiar patterns, like just being able to find a place of safety where we can be honest about that. And then the second step, what we're going to talk about today is learning about what dysregulation is. It may seem like, why do we need to know that? And it was that way for us because it starts out with being able to notice your body and the sensations that you're feeling in your body. And I know you've shared this before, but I'm just, I think it'd be fun for you to share it again. What that was like for you when your coach was really teaching you about dysregulation by teaching you to notice your body. When I would hear that question, you know, what are you feeling in your body? And it kept coming up and it kept irritating me. <laughs> you know, what What do you mean? What am I feeling? Because I didn't feel anything. I was so unaware of the sensations in my body. Like I didn't know what anxiety felt in my body. I didn't know what sadness felt in my body. I didn't know what anger felt in my body. Now I know, but back then I didn't. And so it was really hard to process that question. And I would just, I would sit back in my chair and I would think, okay, feeling in my body, feeling in my body. And then I would often just say nothing. I'm not feeling anything, but step-by-step, little by little, I started to notice, hmm, I feel heaviness. Is that a Mm -hmm. sensation in my body? So I had to go really slow and be, be very intentional about recognizing and learning What does my body feel like when it's dysregulated? Yeah. So you tend to go towards hypoarousal. Yes. And last week or the week before we named 
you know, this scale from one to 10, 10 being the extreme of hyper arousal and one being the extreme of hypo arousal. So you tend to pull back, shut down, disassociate. Yep. And until you knew what was happening, the question is usually what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. What was that like for you to not know what was going on, but to feel like there was something wrong with you? Well, I think it that was normal, right? Because I had felt that way my whole life. Like what's wrong with me that other people can be in this kind of a situation and they're, they seem just fine. Why do I always feel like I'm seven years old? I had awareness that I often felt like something was wrong with me, that I didn't fit in, that I didn't belong. This is just one more aspect of really that big overarching theme for me. I just had this image of in my mind of two different girls, and you're one of them and I'm one of them. When you got dysregulated, you pulled back, went into your room and shut the door. Or sometimes you would run and find privacy outside. But it, it was to get away from. I flung the door wide open and ran out and tried to control the situation by sharing what I was thinking and feeling and needing. Yeah. which I didn't really know. Both of those were dysregulation. They just looked differently. Yes, very Because my body got amped up, right? The anxiety, the panic, the fear caused me to move towards yeah. where it caused you to move back. And where I disappeared, you got larger. And so then you got the message that you were too much. And had to deal with that, have had to deal with that message for so much of your life. Yeah. And I just, I feel so much compassion for our listeners who, whether you are pulling back and feel like you don't matter and you're trying to disappear and you don't feel enough, or you are trying to get your voice heard, you are in panic and fear and you're feeling too much. Both of those places are extremely emotionally painful. Yes. Yeah. And really tied to our trauma responses of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. We do kind of tend to replay that again and again. If you're a person who fights when you're in trauma, you're going to move forward. You're going to move toward the situation. There's going to be action. If you freeze, you get very small, you disappear, you shut down, and people don't even recognize that you have left the room. Either actually or just emotionally. What that looked like for me as I learned that you you can't just show up that way. It was transformed into good things, right? Getting a lot done, starting things, leading things. And from the outward looking in, it, it just looked like I was a very successful, productive person. Right. And yet I was still operating out of a trauma response. Yeah. I think this is very hard for people to consider. Very hard. Yeah. I think it's easier for people to see someone pulling back and depressed and disassociated and understand because I think the message of being productive, being busy, being on the move is more susceptible. And so it's not as challenged. 
Well, and I think that this is where our giftedness comes out of our trauma. So you did become a person who was productive and you could produce amazing things. I became a person who was calm and cool and collected in every situation. I mean, I've had many people through my life say, if I am ever in an emergency, I want you there. And because I can, no matter what's going on around, I can stay pretty clear. Well, unless I'm the one dysregulated, then my prefrontal <laughs> cortex goes offline. But yeah. if it's a if it's an emergency situation and I'm not the one being dysregulated, I can be very present and help facilitate what should be happening in that moment. Our giftedness really can come out of our trauma. These areas where there is pain is actually valued by people around us. We had to learn about not only what was happening in our body. So we get asked that question week after week to the point that we're like, okay, they're going to ask us. So we need to slow down and try to figure out what's going on in our body. Yeah. What, a, what a gift that was, mm -hmm. even though it was awkward in the beginning. And then we also had to educate ourselves on the components of dysregulation and resources and things that we could do. Step two that we're talking about today is something that everyone can do. No one is excluded. We can all educate ourselves. Yeah, but it's hard because we don't necessarily know or recognize what we do when we're dysregulated. So I want to just share a couple little stories. One that happened several years ago, three, I would say three years ago, and then compare it with when I was dysregulated and then compare it with when I was dysregulated about, I would say maybe six months ago. And what happened about three years ago is I was in a situation where someone made a comment to me totally innocent on their part, totally not intending any kind of harm. But the way that I heard the tone, the, the look that I saw on the face, it was like it was, it, I was replaying trauma. I began to sink. And I had learned enough at that point that I recognized, okay, I got triggered. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to stay present. I tried to say, okay, I know they didn't mean harm. I know this. I know that. But my body was swirling and I just began, I literally, there was, there was a chair sitting in the corner of this room and I found myself for the next several hours gravitating toward that chair. And recognize later, like, okay, I put myself in the corner as far away as I could from everyone as I was in this very much a shutting down mode. And nobody around me knew. They, no one noticed, like, I could fake it enough to still perform my way through, but I was unaware, really, of the full scope of what was going on inside of me. I just knew that I was shutting down. I recognized what had happened. I recognized that this was not logical. 
but I didn't know what to do about it. And then several hours later, that same person made a comment to me and I reacted. I exploded, which is not very common for me. They were really taken aback and, and shocked, surprised, had no idea that I had been struggling for the last several hours. So that was at, at kind of at the beginning of when I, I, I was able to recognize my trigger, but I didn't really understand what was happening in my body, and I did not understand what to do. Mm -hmm. And then contrast that with about six months ago, I was in a setting where I needed to tend to something that was going on, but a, 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 a person who was in charge met me halfway at the halfway point of where I needed to go and stood in front of me and was very politely explaining the situation, but blocked my path blocked my vision, and I started to notice that I was getting dysregulated. And this was a man, large, probably over six feet tall, and, and I was triggered. And I was able to recognize, okay, I'm being triggered. I've been triggered. I yeah. was able to notice the sensations that were going on in my body. I was able to listen for a, a minute and then say, excuse me. And I kept on my and took care of what I needed to take care of. But I noticed my body was very, very anxious. And I went back and I, I sat down and, and was just noticing that I can't even tune into what's going on in this setting because I am so dysregulated. And, and then I just, I said to my husband, I need to go. And he kind of looked at me with this puzzled look on his face like, now? And I said, yes, now. And, and so we did. Because I was aware that I had been triggered and I was dysregulated and my prefrontal cortex was struggling to stay online and my body was full of anxiety, I was able to make the good choice to say, let's get out of here because yeah. I'm not coping very well. It just was so lovely to me to be able to go through that situation. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Because in the past, right, you would have sat there and appeased the expectations of that environment. Absolutely. And you know enough now, this was only six months ago, Yeah. right? You know enough now that there are times that it is okay to leave. Yes. To be able to take care of yourself in the way that you need to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, we did an episode last Christmas. It was kind of a fun little episode. We were talking about going to family dinners. We really talked about ways to try to stay if something's happening that that's, you know, triggering you. But we also really just gave people permission that sometimes it really is okay just to leave. And I think especially when we have childhood trauma, and complex PTSD, like we know how to endure. Mm -hmm. We know how to not have boundaries. Mm -hmm. We know how to let people have power over us. Mm -hmm. And though those situations are uncomfortable and harmful, we have acquiesced because we didn't want to offend someone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important as we learn about how to honor our body in these states of dysregulation, that if we need to leave a situation or if we need to establish a boundary, 
that even if someone is offended or questions us or doesn't like our decision, it's mm -hmm. okay. Like yeah. it's okay for them to have their feelings and emotions. And it's okay for me to say, I'm not going to stay here. Yeah, it is okay. We're talking about learning about dysregulation because as we learn by slowing down and noticing what's happening in our bodies, there's a, a space there that I was telling someone the other day, it's it, to me, it's like the catch it space. Mm. And if we can catch it and have some resources of what we can do to not go into either extreme, that's the growth edge. That's building our resilience. That's building up our tolerance. But if we, if we don't, and we've been doing our work, we're going to realize that, oh, we missed that window. Yeah. <laughs> And, and now it's going to look a little different. Yeah. These are all things that we learn, not only by educating ourselves, having our own trauma-informed coaches, but just practice. Yeah. Practicing. What we're talking about is ending self-betrayal. Yeah. When we experience trauma in childhood, you said this so brilliantly two weeks ago when we were talking about this, but when we experience trauma, we do not, as a child, we do not turn toward the offender or toward the perpetrator and say, they are bad. They did something wrong. Instead, we turn against ourselves and we carry the shame and the blame and the secret and the harm. And then as we continue to live out of that, we just, we develop all of these ways to cope and function that are really betraying our own soul and our own body and our own emotions and our own gifting by getting educated and learning about what is dysregulation and what do I look like when I am dysregulated? What do what am I feeling in my body when I am dysregulated? This is so key to stopping these cycles of self-betrayal, which we all want to stop our cycles of self-betrayal. Yeah. I love that. I can now say I've got a lot of memories in the last year, especially where not perfectly, but I'm, I'm building a new pattern. Like in this moment, historically, this is what self-betrayal looked like for me. And I'm choosing something different. I've heard someone describe it as it can almost feel selfish, but it's not selfish. It, it is what allows us to heal so that we can offer ourselves in good, healthy ways in relationships. Yeah. And because being healthy and being healed means that we're not always available in the same way to people who maybe were invested in our energy in ways that did not feel good to us. I want to say the right, the God-given right to have autonomy, mm -hmm. to be able to say, this does not feel good to me. And that can be a period at the end of that statement. This does not feel good to me. And then we can leave the situation or stop the what's going on. If you're listening to this and you have questions or you have a story that you want to share, please reach out. CandaceShare at gmail.com. We genuinely care about you and care about you getting the help that you need.
Yeah, for sure. And I, I'll just say, you and I, Candace, we we share our stories a lot with each other and, and the stories that are taking place in the present day. And also as we process stories from our past. But it is a gift to have someone to just be able to do that with on a regular basis to say, here's a situation that happened today. And I feel like I got a little dysregulated. Like this is now our common vocabulary. And it is, it's such a gift to be able to have that with each other. So we welcome that from our listeners and hope for everyone to grow in this area and then be able to have someone who they can process out loud with. I hope that too. It was so good to be with you. I'm actually in Idaho. If you watch on YouTube, you can see that my background's different, but I'm visiting my daughter. And so we're going to go to the beach today. Ah, wonderful. Well, have fun. Okay, I will. Good to be with you, Fran. Love you. Love you too, Candace. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandaceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.